This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. It is Monday. We are back with another week of board review material. Um, Daphne, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on the neurology section. <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah. Uh, what is it? Like a uh, walk through the desert for you on the cardiology front? Yeah, it was, it was sweltering. <laughs> Um, we released a few episodes last week called the, from the Mythbuster series. And we just wanted you to, uh, we just wanted to, uh, highlight that it's uh, a new series. We're hoping to start on this podcast about some of the myths associated with neonatology. I think we thought these were very relevant for trainees, for people who are prospectively looking at neonatology. And so that's why we decided to release this on the, on the neonatology review podcast. Everybody can listen to them. And uh, yeah, and that's it. And so today, as Daphna said, we are, did you say we're starting with neurology today? I did say that, yeah. You did say that, very cool. Okay, and so I guess I'll get the party started. So um, so we are now in Neonatology Review 3rd Edition, Volume 4, where the neurology section is the first thing you encounter in that, in that book, page 3. And the first thing we will talk about is something that I think is very high yield, which is the development of the nervous system. And there are a few events. So there's six major developmental processes that we need to be familiar with. And we'll just go one by one. So there is the primary neurulation and the secondary neurulation. So kind of easy to remember neurulation, neurodevelopmental system, easy. So the primary neurulation starts at about three to four weeks of gestation. The major event is that we have um, the, the notochord and the caudal mesoderm that become the neural plate and then the neural tube and then the neural crest cells. We also have the neural tube that uh, differentiates into the brain and spinal cord, then into the dura, axial skeleton, dermal covering, and then the neural crest cells eventually uh, form the dorsal root ganglia, the sensory ganglia of cranial nerves, the autonomic ganglia, and so forth. That happens at about three to four weeks of age. And I think one of the reasons this is quite high yield is because um, they can describe a neurological anomaly or neurological pathology and ask you what kind of uh, event is associated with that pathology. So for example, um, as we said, the primary neurulation involves the brain and the spinal cord, right? Um, and so the associated abnormalities are anencephaly, right? Anencephaly, just based on the word, you should understand it means no brain, right? So the prefix an means not, without, encephalo means brain. So uh, anencephaly, there is lack of development of the brain. There's also myeloschisis, but there are other more common things like the encephalocele, right? Which is... Uh, uh, a herniating, uh, a herniation of the brain, so we can have these little um, fluid-filled um, uh, areas uh, sticking out of the of the head. We also have myelomeningocele, 
which means that um, we have a uh, herniation of the spinal cord and the brain, while um, not to be mistaken with the meningocele, which is just a herniation of the meninges alone and not of the spinal cord. So myelomeningocele involves the spinal cord. The meningocele is only um, is only the, the meninges alone. And finally, another defect of primary neurulation is the Arnold-Chiari malformation, which we'll talk about and has to do with um, herniation of, um, we'll talk about it. In terms of secondary neurulation, which happens at about four to seven weeks of gestation, there's not that many things associated with it, but basically um, the uh, secondary neurulation um, usually leads to the development of the spinal cord, the lower sacral segments, um, and then this is when you could have spinal cysts, tethered cord, lipomas, teratomas, myelocystoceles, and meningocele-lympomeningocele. If we're looking at the major event of secondary uh, neurulation in details, it involves the canalization. Um, and so we have undifferentiated cells that are also known as the caudal cell mass that eventually become the vacuoles. And then there's a coalescence and, this, um, and then it creates this uh, central canal of the rostral neural tube. And then you have a retrogressive differentiation, which is the regression of the caudal cell mass into uh, the ventriculus terminalis and the filum terminalis. So primary secondary neurulation, the, the, the things we should remember are anencephaly, associated with anencephaly, encephalocele, myelomeningocele, Arnold, Chiari. The next thing we talk about is the prosencephalic development. So when we're talking about prosencephalic development, um, we are um, talking about pros, which means before, forward, and these defects are largely at the anterior rostral end of the brain development. So if they are, this happens at about two to three months of gestation, and you could have defects known as aprosencephaly, which means that, um, or holoprosencephaly, which holo means whole or complete. So you get n either no cleavage or um, aprosencephaly, meaning uh, missing a portion. Of, uh, of, that, of the So the other thing that uh, could be associated with prosencephalic development are agenesis of the corpus callosum, agenesis or absence of the septum pellucidum, and septo-optic dysplasia. That's prosencephalic development, two to three months of age. Next, at three to four months, we have neural and glial proliferation. And that can lead to poor development of the brain in the form of, e of either microencephaly or macroencephaly. So microencephaly, like microencephaly almost, is the abnormal smallest, smallest and underdevelopment of the brain. And macroencephaly, like macroencephaly, is hypertrophy of the brain. Moving on, at three to five months, we have neuronal migration. And this abnormality in neuronal migration can lead to a few things that we see more frequently, like schizencephaly, which uh, mean that schizencephaly is like schizophrenia, it's like a split, and so it, it references abnormal clefts of the brain. 
we can have less encephaly, that it's like this smoothness of the brain, right? Um, and you basically don't see as many gyri as you should, and so the brain feels uh, feels or appears very smooth on the, uh, very smooth. Then we have pachygyra, which means that you have actually the opposite. Um, do we say how do we how do we call in, I know in French we know with like the elephants and and hippopotamus we call them like pachydermis right pachydermis yeah, just, I think yeah. So. it's the same thing so it's p a c h y um, and so it's uh, it's broad and abnormally large gyri mm -hmm. that leads to uh, less sulci and finally we have polymicrogyri which is numerous small convolutions so all these are defects of neuronal migration happening at about three to five months gestation and if you uh, yeah. Uh, which is also why, right? I mean, technically, um, this neural migration happens right around the time these micropremies are sometimes uh, around the time these babies are born. So sometimes you can see that the neural migration is is uh, not completely neural migration and organization is not completely there. So there are some some things that are still immature. The last two are neural organization, which is um, something that happens uh, in several phases. And that is something that can take a long, long time. So we have it, the neuronal organization happens in several steps. We have axonal outgrowth and proliferation, which happens from three months to, to the time of birth, three months of gestation to the time of birth. We have um, the development of dendrit, dendrites and, and synapses from about six months to about a year. And finally, uh, we have synaptic rearrangement, um, and that is birth two years. Now, the disorders of neural organization in, include um, be associated with fragile X, with autism, with Angelman syndrome, it's associated with prematurity, obviously, and other like trisomy 21 and fragile X syndrome. It can lead to um, cognitive uh, delay. And finally, um, the one we all know is myelination, which is the process that happens last from birth up to years into adulthood. And um, just of note, the last pathway to myelinate, I think that is interesting, is the association bundle, which connects the prefrontal cortex with the temporal and parietal lobes, which completes at about 32 years of age, which explains a lot of the issues I was running into as a, as a, as a young adult. But the disorders of myelination um, involve cerebral white matter hypoplasia, and uh, could be associated with uh, malnutrition and prematurity as well. So these are your, uh, the development of the nervous system. Where are we going and, to next? <clears throat> and they literally asked the question like this, like, <laughs> which of these is a disorder of blank? So just take so a So should we do a few table. questions maybe? Maybe, but not yet. What do you think? Okay. Are you ready? I'll ask you questions. <laughs> As usual, you can go ahead. <laughs> okay. Neurology question 87. Which of the following statements about brain development in the last trimester of pregnancy is false? A, 25% of cerebellar, cerebellar development occurs in the last trimester. B, brain weight at 34 weeks gestation is only 65% of that of the term brain. C, Gyration and sulcation are complete by 34 weeks gestation. Or D, the cortical surface increases by 50% during the last trimester. 
All right. Let me let me think about that. Um, um, in the last trimester of pregnancy. Um, let let me let me think about that. The answer choices mm -hmm. that we have are that twenty five percent of cerebellar development occurs in the last trimester. We're looking for the false statement, so we're looking for the one that stands out. I think I think I think I remember that to be correct. Then we have. Um, Brain weight at 34 weeks is only 65% of term brain. Um, again, I think that's potentially true. Uh, gyration and sulcation are complete by 34 weeks of gestation. I think that is not true. I think gyration and mm. sulcation, we just said, takes a much longer time um, to, actually, to actually take place. Um, so we'll see. And then finally, the cortical surface increased, increases by 50% during the last trimester. I think that's true. I'm going to go with C. Gyration and sulcations are complete by 34 weeks. That is not the right, uh, that's not a correct. That is the correct answer, that that is the false choice. <clears throat> There's significant brain development that takes place between 34 weeks and 40 weeks of gestation. There's a significant increase in, cere in cerebral volume and a striking increase in the cortical surface area. At a cellular level, this is a critical time for the maturation of several cell types in the brain, including oligodendrocytes, microglia, and astrocytes. It's also the time when most uh, gamma aminobutyric acid or GABA, uh, GABAergic neurons migrate to the cortex. So all of the other options in this question are true, except for C. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do we have time for one more? Yes. Question 88, neurology. Okay. Microcephaly can be a result of numerous pathologies. Which of the following conditions is not associated with microcephaly? Is it A, achondroplasia, B, congenital infection with toxoplasmosis, C, Prader-Willi syndrome, D, schizencephaly, or E, severe perinatal asphyxia, which is not associated with microcephaly? Yeah, the choices are achondroplasia, which I think that's probably the right answer. It's not associated with microcephaly. Congenital infection with toxoplasmosis, that is, that is true. I mean, I, I mean mm -hmm. we've reviewed the torch infections. Prader-Willi is a tricky one. Like, mm -hmm. I just I never thought of Prader-Willi mm -hmm. that, with that respect, so I'm not sure anymore. Schizencephaly, yes. And severe perinatal asphyxia, yes. We know that babies after HIE have uh, a decreased uh, brain volume. Anyway, so I have to see if... But I'm so sure that achondroplasia is not associated with a microcephaly that I'm going to go with A. Um, but yeah. That's true. <clears throat> so the false answer is achondroplasia. Uh, it is not associated with microcephaly. Microcephaly is generally described as an occipital to frontal or an OFC circumference of greater than two standard deviations below the mean. And microcephaly occurs either secondary to failure of the brain to grow or as a result of premature fusion of the skull sutures such that the skull cannot grow. And so there are lots of causes of microcephaly. So primary causes, which result from an insult during embryologic development, these can be chromosomal anomalies, the trisomies 13, 18, and 21, these somatic anomalies, Rubenstein-Tavy, Prader-Willi syndrome, Smith-Lemley-Opitz, uh, and anomalies of neuralation, mm -hmm. like anencephaly, anomalies of cleavage, like holoprosencephaly, anomalies of the migrational defects that you discussed, schizencephaly, lysencephaly, and polymicrogyria all 
can have uh, microcephaly. Uh, congenital infections, the torch infections, toxoplasmosis, rubella, CMV, herpes simplex, and Coxsackie. Uh, biochemical disorders like maternal diabetes mellitus or maternal PKU. Uh, uh, prenatal toxin use like maternal cocaine, alcohol, or phenytoin use. Um, the secondary injuries, insults that occur later after neuronal migration has occurred that can lead to microcephaly include things like trauma, anoxia, infections, and metabolic disorders. And then, of course, we talked about early skull fusion, so the disorders of craniosynostoses can also have microcephaly. Achondroplasia, mm -hmm. on the other hand, is associated with macroencephaly or a large head, um, not microcephaly. Okay. Thank you. All, All right, right buddy. Tomorrow. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nicupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICUPodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.